emotional attraction is there, but not the physical or the physical, but not the emotional. And like for most toxic masculinity ingrained men, the way we experience that is uh, you're hot, but boring, or you're really fun, but not hot. And uh, like, I uh, hate that language, but that is the way that men experience because that's the language that we've been taught. of Dear Men. Guy talk, following up from last week's girl talk on the same topic. And I just have to say, I really like these back-to-back episodes and kind of getting one perspective and then the other, because I feel like uh, a lot of times in life, that's kind of what we're missing. Like a lot of us will have sort of like same gendered friends or we don't really get the quote unquote other side. So I just really want to say thank you to the men for showing up today. Um, Pierce, Jeffrey, Tommy, thank you for being here and for sharing with us. Cause I, I really value your perspectives and just the whole exercise of having both sides represented. So thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Of course. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, we're not going to spend a lot of time, uh, introducing this topic. We're just going to sort of dive in. The overall subject has to do with the energy of leading, leading someone on. So in this case for you guys, uh, leading a woman on, uh, or women in general. Um, and I would love to hear from you. Um, we're going to introduce ourselves in a moment, names, ages, relationship status from a scale of zero to 10. Um, and then we'll get into sort of your stories. And I'm like really curious about this. I am like super excited. I'm dying to hear <laughs> your stories. So, um, yeah, so let's start just going around and just say your name, your age and, uh, relationship status zero to 10, zero is single AF and 10 is taken AF. <laughs> Who wants to start? I'll jump in. Okay. Uh, so my name is Pierce. I'm 30 years old. Um, and as, uh, your longtime listeners know, I'm Polly. Think that that means I'm gonna just say number five on the zero to ten scale. A wild card question. Hang on. Oh, what's oh that? yeah, favorite stuffed animal when you were a kid. Oh, favorite stuffed animal or, or action figure. I don't know. Yeah, whatever, no. whatever thing. No, my favorite stuffed animal was uh, a stuffed animal version of Underdog. Okay. Yeah, it cool. was a dog that would transform into a superhero. Dog. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Um, I'll cool. go. My name's Tommy. Okay. Oh, and. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I'd say on a scale of one to 10, um, it would be at about a six right now. Um, I'm 30 years old as well. And going to the stuffed animal, I would have to go with probably a, a Donald Duck one that I had. I had it since I was super little and uh, one of the only ones I can remember. So I'm going to have to go with that. Here's the question though. Ready, Tommy? Can you do the Donald Duck voice? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Touche. Tuesday. Jeffrey? <laughs> um, yeah, so Jeffrey here, uh, 42 years old, uh, 10 out of 10 married. 
for over three years, together for five with my wife. Um, and what was the question? Uh, the, the stuffed animal would be stuffed animal would be Mickey Mouse doll that I got at Disney World. Um, and then uh, action figure would be He Man. Sure. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I like how you did both. Yeah, that's quality. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. So I would love to hear from each of you uh, a story about a time that you feel like you led someone on. And I would love to hear just the sort of what happened and then kind of like why, like what was your motivation and your sort of state of mind or feelings around it? Um, I guess I can go ahead and start then. So this was a little while ago, but I uh, met through one of my friends and, you know, we kind of kicked it off and and had, um, you know, a really good relationship and kind of just meshed really well right away. Um, But I knew kind of from the beginning, it wasn't someone I'd want to be in a relationship with. Um, but we just had a whole lot of fun. And as things progressed, um, you know, it was clear that she wanted to be in a relationship and wanted more than just like being friends and occasionally hooking up. And you know, I had a lot of fun while that was happening. Um, and so I never really, I guess, put things in perspective or had the tough talk to say that that wasn't really what I was looking for. Um, and so I kind of just pushed things off and there were times when she would want to talk and I would kind of, you know, just give answers that I knew would suffice and kind of just appease her, but not necessarily ever fully committing. Um, and I, you know, I know that's probably not the right thing or the best thing to do, but it was, you know, just something that, you know, kind of allowed me to continue doing what I wanted to do. And that's obviously pretty selfish, you know, retrospectively looking at it. Um, but it was kind of, you know, the reason I would, you know, continue to hang out with her when I knew she wanted more than what I was able to, you know, give her relationship wise and emotionally wise is, you know, I, I really did enjoy the time. And it was almost from a a point of boredom where, you know, if it was, you know, a night when she wanted to hang out and they didn't have anything else to do, I would kind of just go with the flow and and hang out with her. It was a whole lot of fun. And, you know, times were great. And, you know, every time I redid it or we hung out or did anything like that, you know, I knew that she was always looking for more, but it just wasn't something that I was comfortable doing at the time. Um, and so honestly, looking back at it, it was probably just, you know, it was pretty selfish and it was just honestly out of, you know, boredom. It was, I could not do anything or I could hang out with this person I have a lot of fun with, even though I know it was probably hurting her in the long run. So it's not something that I'm super proud of, but that's kind of, you know, what happened and, and why, I guess. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate kind of the honesty. Um, and I'm curious, you mentioned sort of, uh, did she bring it up? Like, did it sounds like you never brought up, what are we doing? How are, how is this going? Et cetera. But you mentioned that she kind of brought it up a few times and you maybe evaded the question. Like, I'm wondering how did those conversations go? Um, you know, there was, you know, times when she'd be like, so are we, you know, serious or what are you looking for? And I would kind of just say, you know, let's just see how things go. And, you know, after a couple, you know, I'd say a couple of months of saying that, you know, it kind of became clear, but at the same time, I would never give her a firm answer of like, no, this is never going to work. Even though I kind of knew that in the back of my head. 
Um, I would kind of just say, well, let's see. And then there'd be times when we didn't talk for a little while and I just kind of missed the companionship and, you know, her personality and the fun that we had. And so then I would, you know, kind of reach out again and, you know, lead her on as if there was potential. Um, just because I really do, you know, I still like her as a person and we had a lot of fun, but you know, when she would bring it up, I'd kind of just provide vague answers that would, you know, be just enough where we would, you know, continue to hang out, but not like a full commitment. Yeah. Um, I really, I really appreciate the honesty here. Cause I think, um, what I'm noticing is, yeah, the, it's, it's almost like a, like when you have a fish on the line and you're giving it just enough line mm. that it stays, it stays hooked, right? Like you're not, you're not reeling it in and you're not cutting it free. You're just kind of stringing it along. And, <clears throat> you know, Tommy, I think you speak for a lot of men and maybe a lot of women as well of just that sort of like, it's just enough, right? It's just enough that the person stays that the hookups continue, you know, but not, it's not actually clear either way. So it's sort of like a vague middle ground. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just appreciating the honesty. And it sounds like from what I'm hearing, it's like you wanted the connection, you wanted the connection with her and that's why you kept it going. Yeah, definitely. I mean, cause we did have a connection, you know, from the first time we hung out and, and stuff, it's just, there was, and you know, like I was attracted to her, but there was just something, I don't know, because personally, like I know within the first couple of times of hanging out with someone, like if I really like them and I want to be with them, and, you know, exclusively, and I never really had that, that feeling, you know, I don't know exactly why or what it was, but I can just honestly tell you that I didn't necessarily have that, that feeling that I, I have had with people that I have been in exclusive relationships with. There was just a little something missing, but you know, it wasn't anything that necessarily I could pinpoint, you know, this is why, or this isn't why, you know, it was just, I just knew it, it, it just wasn't, you know, something long-term that was going to work. And I'm curious, how did this relationship end? Like what happened? Um, you know, things got to a point where she was like really serious and I kind of started, you know, suggesting that we could be exclusive. And then when, you know, push from the shove, you know, I couldn't fulfill that. It was kind of like she just instant she just pushed me away. She had enough self respect that she knew, you know, after a while that it probably wasn't going to be something that she could count on long term. And so she kind of just slowly started pushing me away a little bit. And I kind of just let that happen. And if I did have that feeling of, you know, I wanted to be with her, I would have fought back and pushed more, but I kind of just just let it happen. Got it. So it was like a slow tapering kind of thing. Yeah. And when you look back on it, like, do you feel like now from where you're standing now, you would have done anything differently in that connection? Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I honestly respect her enough as a person where I should have just been upfront and honest. Cause I know it kind of hurt her a lot more than it hurt me. Um, you know, just from the viewpoint I have now and it probably wasn't the best thing for me to kind of lead her on. Cause I, like I said, I do respect her so much as a person that, you know, I probably should have been more upfront and just addressed it when she brought it up and, you know, kind of been more firm about it and kind of gave her the choice, you know, if you want to continue how we are not being serious, like that's something I would like, but if that's not okay with you, then, you know, we probably should stop. But, you know, like I said, I kind of gave those half-assed answers of, you know, let's just see where this goes. Kind of saying that, 
you know, making her think that there was a chance it could be serious, but the whole time I knew it, it wasn't going to be. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, thank you for this story. I feel like, like I said, like this is an experience that many people have. And so I just feel like you're speaking really eloquently to the, you know, your side of it. So thank you for that. Yeah. Who's next? I can jump in. Um, I, uh, so in our last podcast, I talked about how I had a history when I was uh, not like very articulate about my polyamory that I would distance myself from my partners once I thought that they uh, wanted, once I thought that we were getting serious enough that they would begin to want monogamy, whether or not that was even on their radar. So that's, that's one aspect, but thinking of, um, of a more specific story that's less polyamory related. I remember uh, a time when uh, I uh, met someone and was friendly with them um, and it felt fine being friendly. I didn't like feel a lot there, but then we started messaging. uh, uh, We exchanged numbers. We started messaging and uh, things were getting flirty and it felt nice. Um, And I remember being unsure, like whether to like flow with that flirty energy or, uh, or not. And I decided to flow with it. And then when we saw each other again, it felt, um, like I, I realized actually, I I don't want to be in this uh, energy with this person. And I realized that like I, I made a call to like kind of jump in and go with something that, uh, that had I taken a moment, I would have realized actually like, that's not what I want. And I, I made a bad call. Um, but, uh, I, uh, I made a rush decision, I think, um, or wasn't fully mindful with it. And, uh, and I think about other times and, uh, and it's always, not always, but often been that like ambivalence about whether or not I'm attracted to a person and then like trying it out and then uh, realizing that it's not something I want to stick with, but then also realizing that I learned that at the expense of them Mm. Um, and that, you know, not happy about, uh, but, uh, but I'm now that I know that I'm more careful about it. Mm. So it sounds like for you, I heard the word mindful that really jumped out at me of like, I mean, so, I mean, dating is like, part of dating is like, I'm not sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's go on a date and like see. And, you know, I wonder, is there, you know, does that count as leading on if it's like, I don't know, we're still getting to know each other. You know, it sounds like for you, it was like with this woman that you were flirting with, um, you were flirting and sort of seeing how it would go. And then the next time you met up, you were like, yeah, actually I'm not really attracted to her. Like, I don't really want to do this. Yeah. And then at that point, did you stop flirting or did you keep flirting? Uh, attention? I, at that point, I, I mean, I tried to do it gradually rather than just all of a sudden stop flirting. <laughs> I tried to like tone that energy down over time, but, um, that, yeah, the, the difference there I think is that I was not upfront about my ambivalence. So I, de- I definitely didn't have that conversation of, oh, actually, like, I realize I'm not into this. And then in my ambivalence, I was never like, hey, like, yeah, I'm kind of liking this, but not sure about 
it yet, but like I'm willing to like try it out or whatever uh, in whatever context that looked like. I in the times when because I have done that, but in the times when I have let on, it was when I would try to ride out a wave without owning that part of me that was unsure and tentative, and so then uh, when I learned that the wave wasn't working for me, then then like to them it was a surprise because they didn't know about that part of me that wasn't uh, right. So in their world, it's like, Oh, he likes me. He's pursuing me. He's texting me back. He's flirting with me. He's giving me all the indications mm-hmm. that this is going to go somewhere. Right. But in your world, part of you is ambivalent mm-hmm. and, and part of, part of you is pursuing part of you is ambivalent, but you're not owning the ambivalence. Exactly. And so then when, when you kind of pull away, she's like, what the hell? Like I thought you were like, you were giving me all these signs that you mm-hmm. were interested and now you're not. Yeah. Okay. Is there any other, do you want to share any, anything from poly world in terms of leading on? Cause I think a lot of people from monogamy world think that leading on is not a thing in the poly community because it's more open, but that's not actually the case. Is it? Uh, I mean, it definitely still happens in poly world. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's like the, in the same way, it's, it's just, not about like the goal of poly dating is an exclusivity. The goal of poly dating is uh, intimacy and, and uh, commitment to one's needs and, and that kind of thing. So in terms of leading on with, like I would still say this is the case for monogamy too, but it's leading on someone to believe that there's more commitment to their needs than there actually is. Um, and, uh, and that definitely still happens. I think, I think in terms of the leading on conversation, I think those look very similar, poly and monogamy. Do you have a Do you have an example of it from your life in poly world? Or I mean, like even that example, like I was still poly, and I was upfront about being poly. Um, like at that at that point, I had figured out that conversation, and it wasn't an issue of like distancing because I thought she wanted monogamy. Like that was that was clear that I was a poly person, but I was still implying that I was more interested in the relationship than I really was because I was, I thought like maybe those insecurities were just like things that like I, that were my own things that I could like uh, deal with without, uh, without her participation and having to uh, hear my insecurities and self doubts and stuff. But then I realized like, Oh, actually it's because I'm ambivalent about the relationship. Um, And, and now I know I'm not, interested so that was that was it in the poly world but not having to do with being poly person so how did that end like Um, what 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 happened yeah we uh we just kind of uh communicated less and less um it in my assessment now i think she you know got the point that i was not as interested as i had uh uh subcommunicated yeah made it seem um, and, you know, had I been more upfront about it, I think we might've been communicating as friends well long after that, but because I wasn't, uh, communicating upfront, um, then, uh, then that just didn't happen. And I don't think we're on bad terms, but I just haven't spoken to her basically since then. So it sounds, it sounds similar to Tommy of the tapering without like any kind of, you know, conscious communication no no sort of like debrief or like 
end conversation or anything. It's just sort of like, oh, yeah. like I guess she got the hint and she kind of went away. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of the like ambivalence. I think we do this a lot, just all of us in the world. Like we, even if a relationship was super healthy uh, and like we did everything uh, as we were quote supposed to, it would still hurt us to break something off with someone when we would still take responsibility for their feelings, even, and, and even though that that's not our responsibility, we're just showing up with our true selves and saying like, we can't do this anymore. So knowing that, knowing that it's like, we, I think we tell ourselves we're afraid to hurt people, but we're actually afraid of being responsible for their hurt. Um, We're uncomfortable with their pain and that's what like they would much rather know they would much rather be told and hurt and move on people are resilient they they'll they'll take that in stride and move on but knowing that like stuff was hidden from them for quote the sake of their protection that's that is far more painful yeah i'm glad that you referenced that i think this it's interesting because i I think there's a an element of the ghosting conversation the ghosting podcast that we did where it's sort of like we can often tell ourselves like, Oh, I'm, I don't want to hurt her feelings or I don't want to hurt his feelings. And so I'll protect, protect her from my quote rejection. And, um, but the real truth is like, I'm afraid that I will tell her I don't want to do this. And then she will attack me or she will, you know, cry and, and blame me or she will, she will have some kind of response that I don't want to deal with. So it's like partly about not wanting to hurt the other person's feelings. And it's also like, what am I going to do when that person has a response and how responsible am I for their response? Am I going to be able to hold space for that response? And if, if we sort of feel like we can't, then there's a way that we kind of rationalize it by saying like, Oh, I don't want to hurt her feelings. So I'll just, I'll just like go away quietly. I'll push back on that just a little bit. Cause I, I think that that is, there's a truth to that, but um, I think that even more, what, fe- what we're afraid of even more than someone having a bad reaction where they start attacking us, because I, I think if I were to do something and they started attacking me, it'd be easier for me to write them off. But if they have a really healthy response where they're just in pain and they're just owning their own pain, then it forces me to confront myself because now I can't blame them for handling it poorly. Now it's like, yeah, I'm hurting someone. And that is something I don't want to confront. Whereas if I never see their pain because I've ghosted them, then I never have to confront the fact that I'm hurting them. Yeah. Well said. Well said. And all of us have our own sort of like what we're afraid of, right? Like for me, you know, for me, I've, I've been attacked in the past. So there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I'm afraid of that attack. Um, but I really like what you said about like, yeah, the real truth is we don't want to deal with the pain and then and kind of knowing that we were we were part of causing that um i think jeffrey do you want to go next we can hear you moving yeah sorry yeah i'll go (laughs) um yes i'll go uh this is jeffrey um yeah the, the the what came up i have a lot of instances but the one that came up that was like an interesting juxtaposition was the time when i was like i was at a yoga studio and i was like kind of like like the social coordinator, like the unofficial social coordinator of like um, planning a lot of events and DJing and dinners and parties and things like that. And with that, you know, there was a lot of attention from women 
And there were certain women, there's actually one woman that I was really like pining over and really wanted to date or, um, you know, have more romantic of a sexual connection with, but I, but, and what was coming up for me is this, there's two kinds of leading on, or at least there are two of many maybe, but the ones that come up for me are the leading on in terms of, I really want to be sexual romantic with you, but I don't let you know that. And so I'm leading you on by being your friend in that way. And then there's obviously the leading on the opposite of I'm leading you on in a very sexual way, flirtatious way, but I'm not, um, but I'm not really wanting anything. I'm just kind of like enjoying the high of getting your attention. Right. I'm not really planning on following through. Yeah. I don't really plan on following through. I don't really want to either hook up with you or even date you, but I'm going to kind of pretend and be in this like ambiguous territory. So, um, so, yeah, so I definitely, that, that time period for me was like, I, I see myself in both, doing both of those things. Um, and, and I think for me, um, I remember like I would just be flirting with, you know, I was a big flirt back in those days and I would, you know, it was fun. And, and I would, I guess, similar to what someone alluded to, I forget who it was just now, but like, I'm not going to, or I think maybe you did, Melanie, Mel, but um, the idea that, oh, it's just their responsibility, you know, like. If, as long as I'm, and I think we talked about this when we met up in person the other day, as long as I'm, I'm kosher with my words, as long as I didn't say anything verbally, like if it was a court of law or something, you know, my words never said anything that I, I was wanting to date you or have sex with you. But energetically, there's so much that is said, especially when we're trying to be sexual or flirty with someone that I think I wasn't taking full responsibility for sometimes. Um, and then I could tell there were some moments where women were kind of disappointed after a while or either annoyed or frustrated with that. I wasn't kind of in their world that I was giving them the signals that I wanted more than just friends, but I wasn't ever pulling the trigger. I was kind of like teasing them. Right. Over right. You weren't following through weeks, over a period of weeks or months. Right. And, and I think I even had a woman, um, that was at the yoga studio that was, we were kind of volunteering together, like telling me, Hey man, she really likes you, you know? And I'm like, Oh, Okay. Okay. You know, kind of like saying like, Hey, be mindful, I think was her way of saying something. Um, be mindful of the energy you're putting out, which was, was helpful at the time. I was kind of like more in a shame place receiving it. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm kind of caught in a way or like, but, um, but it always stuck with me. Like, yeah, like it's, it's, I think we have more responsibility and we have more, um, or I will say this, I think we, we can take more responsibility a lot more often and we kind of forget to, especially as men, I think, especially around the energy, the words, the actions and non-actions that we're doing. Um, and so for me, that period um, for me was like a juxtaposition of those two kinds of leading on where I was pining over a woman and not really doing anything <laughs> to with it. And at the end of the day, then they end up dating someone else and I'm kind of, you know, left alone on that, you know, and then frustrated with myself. Um, so yeah, those, those are the two things that kind of stood out to me the loudest in this conversation. There's several things I really like about what you said. Uh, one thing that jumps out at me is, um, you know, words versus energy, right? So social science suggests, not suggests, social science tells us that 93% of communication, Jeffrey, you can mute yourself when you're not on. Yeah. yeah. 93% of communication is nonverbal. 
93% of communication is nonverbal. But I, I, I agree with you where there's a way that we're like, well, I never said that. Like I never yeah. said I wanted to date you. I never said I wanted to have sex. Yes. I never said I was ready for a relationship. I never said, I never said, I never said. But there's also the reality of how we're acting, how we're being in the moment, how totally. we're acting. And, and so like, maybe you didn't say it with the right, you know, in exactly that way. And like, there was something being picked up. By totally. And especially, and yeah, that's especially. Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say that's that can be what is so crazy making that when when the communication is there but it's not being owned by one side. Let's say the, the person. Let's say it's a man leading a woman on, and she's like, "I thought we were going to date. Like I thought I thought this was going to go somewhere. I thought." And he's yeah. like, "Oh gosh, no! Like I wasn't there at all, you know. And I mm-hmm. told you I wasn't ready for a relationship. And it's like, but she was feeling something, right? Like there was some feeling yeah. that was happening in her body." And, and that is, you know, I love what you said about, we maybe can take more responsibility because I think it's so validating for a woman to hear from a man or vice versa, but we'll just go at this, this point of like, yes, I was flirting with you. Yes, I was interested. I wasn't sure, but like, you didn't imagine that you weren't, you aren't crazy Mm -hmm. making it up. It totally happened. And and you know what I mean? And I did it because I wasn't sure or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. But that just the sense of particularly, I think, for me as a woman and for the way that we often label women as crazy in our culture, there's something really validating about just hearing like, yes, that happened. I that what's coming for me is the interview you had. I forget who it was, uh, but the talk around the spidey sense. And being the comic book nerd who loves Spider-Man that I am, like, I've come to uh, take that very seriously, that sense of honoring another person's spidey sense. And I think that so much, because there is just flat out gaslighting, like, no, I didn't say that when a person did. But then I think so much gaslighting is around the denial of that energy uh, in that way. And now, like, now that I've, I... Now that it's been put into a frame that I understand of the honoring the spidey sense, um, I, I feel like I've been way better equipped to uh, to do that, to honor that in other people, mm. and to not just not just um, uh, keep it where it is, but to help it grow in other people. I mm. want I want everyone to be superheroes and have superpowers. So, yeah, there's something I really like in what you just said. That it kind of reminds me of that but there's some bumper sticker or something that says trust women. Mm. And it's sort of like, yeah, like there's a way that we can trust other people's intuitions about us too. Like Mm. I felt like this was coming, coming from you. Like I think there's, it's easy to be like, Oh, you're just projecting, but there's a balance there. There's, there is a balance there. Like, okay, if you were picking that up for me, let me check it out. Like maybe I was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, like the biggest thing for me comes around physical touch. Like there'll be moments when I remember, you know, throughout my life where I would be very touchy feely with women, right. In a very, you know, consensual way and like, you know, reciprocal way, but obviously the, the, you know, physical touch is probably one of the biggest, you know, ways, especially if it's reciprocal that gets this, that gives a signal of something's going on here, right. There's a potential here. There's an attraction here. There's a something here, but I think it goes back to my own, you know, I don't know how many guys relate to this, but the idea for wanting validation and wanting that female connection and, and, and the ego boost that comes from that. Um, 
especially if you're you're surrounded by lots of women and you're you're getting that kind of validation from their attention on you. Right. I'm really glad you brought that up, Jeffrey, because I, I wanted to ask you about this. Like so the the leading the leading on conversation. So there's there's different kinds. And one of the ones that you pointed to that I wanted to ask you about was leading a woman on, like making it seem like you're into her, you're interested, but then not making a move. Right. Mm -hmm. So like you're giving her lots of signals, you're giving her attention. There's all these things happening. And she's like, Oh, maybe he'll ask me out. And then nothing happens. I've definitely been in that position multiple times. And I've always wanted to ask the dude, like, what is your deal? Like, what, like, why are you doing that? Like, are you, are you genuinely not interested in me? Are you insecure that I'm going to say no, if you actually ask me out, like what is happening on your side or what was happening on your side, Jeffrey, in those (laughs) circumstances? Yeah. Well, I'll I'll speak for myself in that sense of like, for me, it was like wanting to preserve what's probably like a scarcity mentality of like, I don't want to ruin it. Like I'm getting enough there I'm, I'm getting enough of my needs met right now that if i ask for more maybe i won't get they'll say no and i'll lose what i have kind of thing it's very very scarcity mentality and then another piece the other moments for me were around just i don't know just like just fear yeah the fear of 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 not getting not, the woman not saying yes not wanting to the same thing um and then, and then then the third option for me a lot of times was just like i was playing the field you know, I was literally like, you know, different burners were on and they were both, they were all on simmer, right? Instead of like, I, I, and I wasn't ready to or wanting to put any of them on high heat and, and boil just one of them, you know? Um, so I just kept them all on simmer and I was okay with that. And because I wasn't getting that pushback or that negative feedback from any one of those women, it was, I, I kind of rode it out until as far as I could until they either just like, you know, just faded away or something happened. Um, like those are my, those are scenarios that I was, I was operating under. How about the other, others, you guys, have you, have you had that experience of sort of like not pulling the trigger? And if so, what, why, what was your motivation? I mean, I've definitely had experiences where I was interested and I was pretty sure something was there, but didn't make a move. Um, but I don't know. I guess there's some, some, I I think most of those instances, I wouldn't say it was an issue of my leading them on. There's some that I think maybe, maybe that is what is happening now. I've got to reflect on that. But, um, but in terms of what was happening there, um, I think mostly those just fall under a simple fear of rejection. Um, And (coughs) the person I am now, I look back at that and I'm like, that that was not an issue. Like they they were definitely wanting me to make the move, but um, but the person I was then was you know uh, uh, not aware of those things uh, to the degree that I am now. So I think that's that's a big part of it, at least in in my reflections. Yeah, I'm remembering a guy that I invited to a party a while ago. Um, I was interested. I was like giving him a lot of signals, like I was dropping a lot of handkerchiefs. Um, and he was, he was doing this dance where he would like move toward me and then away and move toward me and then away. And like, so he would like give me some attention and then he would go away and then he'd give me some attention and go away. And I felt really off balance. And by the end of the night, this is all, this, this is all at the same party. I felt really sad and I felt ugly. Um, I felt unwanted, which was ironic because I think he did want me. And I think he did like, 
he would have, for example, hooked up with me, but I felt so off balance by that dance that I, I felt awful. Like I felt really, really undesired. So I guess I just wanted to speak to like, I think the feminine experience of this particular version of leading on is like kind of sad. Like it's just, I'm just sort of like, Oh, I guess like, I guess I'm just not pretty enough or I'm not, you know, it's sort of the, like, I'm not enough. Um, or he doesn't have enough like power to actually pursue me. And that's a bummer because I like him. Oof. That hurts to hear. Not cause I can think of times when I've done similar kinds of things. And for me, it was a like not wanting to seem like I was coming on too strong thing. Uh, it was like, if I, if I did that, then it would alienate them. And so here, like in the, in the times that I think of when it didn't like work out very well, I can see that it didn't work, but I, I hadn't considered the possibility that they had ended that night feeling sad or ugly. And that that's a bummer to hear from me right now. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Cause I've had multiple multiple nights of that and sort of the you're coming towards me then you're going away you're coming towards me you're going away like what what do you want like what are you doing like, I don't yeah care. Like, I think- like, what the hell is happening i know you're single you seem interested but you're not actually like okay and i just kind of threw up my hands which is i think part of the super bummer about it is i'm like dude we could have had a really fun night like i'm thinking of this specific guy at the party like we could have had an awesome fucking night like we could have really connected not just sexually, like on all levels. Like I, we had a good connection. Like this was such a bit missed opportunity kind of bummer. Like what a, just what a sad turn of events. You know what I mean? Like this could have been something really cool. And instead it's, I leave dissatisfied and you leave dissatisfied too. Yeah. Like I wonder like if it's kind of like part of this, like just shiny object culture that we're in you know like and i i've been i've been that guy at a party where like i'm kind of i'm with some a woman which is years ago obviously but like i was with a woman hanging out connecting but then like i'm still like keeping my options open for somebody that could have maybe a better connection or something and it doesn't feel good to even admit that now but like that was the reality right and rather than you know now if i was to go back in time i would pick you know hey who am i having the most who am i most drawn to and most curious about let me just hang out with her as much as i can until as long as it goes. And then rather than trying to, yeah, just cast a wide net at this, at a party or something. Tommy, do you have anything to add to this part of the discussion? Um, Yeah. I mean, there's just been times where like my, you know, not intentionally or anything, but at one moment, you know, I'll be super into someone and I'll really think that there's a possibility. And then, you know, the next day I'll start thinking about things or getting doubts. And then I, I kind of just go back and forth. And, you know, then when I feel like there's something not there, then all of a sudden, you know, I'll, I'll start thinking about it and overthinking things. And I'll be like, well, maybe there is. And then I start to give certain, you know, indications or, you know, show my feelings. And I keep, you know, going back and forth. And it's not something that's necessarily intentional. Um, but, like it's it's almost like something I, I can't make up my mind and that's at that point it's just not fair to anybody involved but it's you know my own doing yeah I appreciate you speaking to that especially the kind of like getting in your head about it um and Pierce I really mm-hmm. liked what you said about um not wanting to come on too strong like I don't want to make her uncomfortable I don't want her to think I'm just out for sex I don't want her to feel like 
um, like I'm being rapey. Like, I don't want her, you know what I mean? Like the desire for a lot of men to like have her feel comfortable and have her feel safe. I think my experience has been that sometimes that blocks the man from pursuing me. So he does the half in half out kind of thing. Um, and my, my experience in general is that there's, the, the, the sexual experiences that I've had that have felt the best to me have been the man notices me and he comes for me in kind of like a steady way. Right. So not necessarily like really over the top, all over, you know, all over me coming on really strong, but just sort of like, I'm thinking of a guy at a different party. Um, we were flirting like earlier in the night, like he touched my back, like I pulled him onto the dance floor you know, we were, and it was steady throughout the night. There wasn't that energy of, I came for you, but now I'm a little scared and I'm going to back off. It was just sort of like, I'm still here. I'm still interested. I'm still here. I'm still interested. So there was a steadiness of his desire for me that felt really clean. And I went home with him at the end of the night and we had great sex and I felt, and it it wasn't confusing and it wasn't difficult. Whereas these other experiences, I look back and I'm like, Oh, that felt so like, kind of like jerky, right? Like, uh, uh, like in out, like just confusing. And there's just a lot of like, Tommy, I appreciate what you said about being in my head. Like it put me in my head. I felt more in my head and kind of like questioning my behavior and all that stuff. Like, did I do it wrong? And, you know, I'm not pretty enough. Whereas with the other guy, I was actually more in my body. I was like, Oh, he's into me. He's still into me. Like there, it was like a, like a smoother experience kind of. And I, and I think that when I look back on like a few of the guys that I've dated, it's been, it's been a similar thing of like, they were interested. They moved towards me. They texted me the next day. They texted me the day after that. Like there was just a sort of smooth, steady march of like, I'm interested. I want you. And it felt really like I could relax into that. Um, and it felt honestly safer actually, um, rather than the sort of like push pull dynamic. Um, so unless anyone has any comments on that, I just want to transition to any times that you guys have felt let on. I'm curious to hear your stories of that dynamic playing out for you. Yeah, I'll go. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a woman this years ago where like, it was, co- it was like, it was leading on in a sense of there was a mutual attraction and we were quote unquote dating for, you know, a good several months, but like shortly afterwards, you know, I found out there was other, another guy in the picture. Like he didn't live in the same city, but he was somewhere else. And it was kind of one of those things where I just felt very, I don't know. At at that point I was very emotionally and sexually attached to her. And it was very hard for me to like untangle. Um, But for me, it was more of a thing of communication. Like I felt like it was a lack of, I don't know if it was lack of integrity on, on her part, but it was one of those things where, yeah, had I known that there was another guy involved from the beginning, I wouldn't have gotten involved with. Well, um, basically, so like, it was a lie of omission, right? Yes, like, exactly. That's the, that, that's the, that's it. Yeah, like it's not, it's it's a leading on by not being fully transparent. Yeah, and and I think that that's where I feel like it was, and it was a whole mess from that point forward. Yeah, you know, what was the impact on you of that lie of omission? Well, the impact for me was, um, like at the time I was, you know, I was, I was young, I was in my early twenties. And so I, I wasn't in the, in the same wisdom and awareness 
to act differently now, but I was like, I was just like stuck. I felt like, Oh shit, I'm, I'm already kind of falling in love with you. I'm already, you know, chemically and emotionally connected to you and attached that I, I kind of, so at that point I kind of like went along with it and I kind of, you know, until it kind of blew up in my face, but it felt very, um, just tumultuous and it felt, I felt, uh, I wouldn't say, but I guess betrayed in a way, but just, yeah, duped, I guess I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, hearing that story, I don't think you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lie of omission is a lie. You know, we're in, in these intimate relationships when you keep something from someone that you kind of know they would want to know, like that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's easy to, it's again, it's this sort of thing like, well, I didn't say, you know what I mean? Like I didn't say anything that was a lie. I didn't, you know, we didn't yeah, have look. a closed container. I never physically did anything with him. Da 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 da. But there's there's an energy about it that's like not really or like a- Yeah, like we're like we're like, oh, we're just dating. So what's the big deal? You know, we weren't really serious or official, you know? Right. But energetically, you exactly. know, like, like the spidey sense that Pierce was talking about when you're attuned to someone, you can feel that you're getting closer. You can feel mm-hmm. whether you're falling, whether they're falling. And, you know, when feelings start getting real, like other connections become important. Like I need you to know that this is also happening in my life in order for you to feel taken care of. Like there's a, there's a sense of regard of holding the other person in regard and keeping them informed of what's going on with you. That is to me what it means to date and relate with integrity. Cause if, if we're not doing that, you know, we were not really respecting the other person in a way. Yeah, totally. And I think it's in the idea of the, the metric I sometimes use, is like if somebody else were observing our behavior or a given week or weekend of us and saw what we were doing and how we were doing it, would they think that we were in a relationship or not? You know, that's one kind of metric, you know, like if we're walking around holding hands and going out to dinner and having great sex and going on road trips together. And like, yeah, we're probably kind of in a relationship, right. Of some sort. Now how that's defined is up to the people, but like, I don't know, there's something there around that for me. Yeah. Um, Pierce or Tommy, do you guys have any comments or stories of feeling let on? Um, yeah, I can go. There is, it was kind of like a little bit, I guess, different, but there's, you know, a time when I was, you know, I thought I was with someone and I thought things were pretty serious and she would travel a bunch of her work. So we wouldn't necessarily see each other, um, you know, a whole lot. And so it was just like the, the times that we would have together, like things were pretty serious and she would, you know, as you're saying, like we would go like to dinner and do these things that are like pretty, you know, relationship based. And once like her traveling stopped, you know, like there was like all of a sudden just a little bit of space. And I don't, I don't know exactly what happened because we didn't really have the best, you know, like the ending to it, but I kind of felt like, you know, it was there. I was convenient. I was there when it was convenient for her. And then, you know, it was, meant a lot more to me than it meant to her. And, you know, we kind of did have that talk. I, you know, I asked her if you want to be in a relationship and she said, yes, everything like that. But then when all of a sudden the, you know, the convenience factor of every once in a while just ended, you know, things were just completely different. And so I guess we were never on the same page to begin with. Um, and so, I mean, there's not really not a whole lot to it more than that, but you know, it's, it, it felt like I was just being used because it was convenient for her. And then, you know, when things were about to get serious or, you know, spend more dedicated time together, it was just all of a sudden just 
know things like it was fun while it lasted, but I'm not ready for this right now. But obviously, like you know, she was ready for a relationship. It just it just didn't work. Um, so it just I've I've been in a place where it, it felt like I wanted a whole lot more, and when it was convenient for her, it worked. And then as soon as you know it had to become more than that, it was just all of a sudden just everything was off. Yeah, it's interesting. It actually kind of sounds like the inverse of what you were describing with the woman that you dated. It's like, it's, there's a lot of parallels there. Like you, you were saying, you know, I kind of hung out with her when it was convenient. So that's an interesting, like, I don't know, instant karma or something (laughs) like (laughs) feels really similar. You've kind of lived it on both sides. Yeah. I mean, it's, when you put it, I never really thought about it until you just mentioned it now, but there are a lot of, you know, parallels between the two. It's kind of, you know, the way I was treating this one person is kind of how I got treated. And obviously it, I wasn't happy about how everything ended up because I wanted more than, you know, what she was ready for. Um, but yeah, it was kind of just like a convenience factor. And so I guess that's, that played a huge role in it. And was the, I'm curious, was the effect on you that you, did you feel a little betrayed or did you feel misled or did you, like, what was the impact on you of that? Yeah, I felt misled. And, you know, at first I was just thinking like, is it, you know, something that I did or anything like that? But just in general, I I just think it was, we were on just two completely separate pages, even though I tried to have, you know, a conversation about things and thought we were on the same page for a long time. It just, it never really was what I thought I thought it was in the end. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, as for me, I think um, I think like most of my romantic history, uh, I can think of times that I think I got like more signal than of interest than there actually was, but very few times when I can think of being led on problematically. Like there were times when. I thought, oh, like, I guess, I guess there wasn't as much interest as I was led to believe or whatever, but it, it didn't feel like there was enough of uh, a, a subcommunicated message that uh, I, I was totally off. It was just like, oh, bummer, too, too bad or whatever. But um, uh, there was the, the one instance I think of being led on uh, in, a, in a problematic way was um, much more relationship oriented than, uh, than physical, um, where I, uh, again, the person just did not, was not upfront about the ambivalence in the relationship. And, and she admitted that she was not, uh, honest about it with herself, that lying to herself about it, she was then able to lie to me about it. Um, and, uh, that particular instance was incredibly painful because there was so much uh, communi- sub-communicated uh, commitment of two needs and, and uh, expectations around that where I think, uh, I, I think I've made a practice uh, in general of not expecting much from women in terms of like, I, I don't want to expect that they owe me their bodies or anything like that. I'm, I'm very willing to talk about the ways I have adopted toxic masculinity, but I think one good thing that I've done is not have that expectation. And, um, and so like when I sense resistance from women, and I think especially given the, the power dynamics, um, when, like when I feel resistance in myself, 
now, I try to be upfront about it. I think one way I adopted toxic masculinity, it was not being upfront about it in the past. But, uh, but when I uh, sense resistance from women uh, in my history and today, I, I don't try to uh, call them out on it or get explanations. I just accept there is resistance and I don't know When you about say it. there's resistance, you mean like, oh, she's not interested? What does resistance mean in this case? Uh, d- depends on the degree. But like if there's some kind of flirtation, um, but there's like a sense that like we're at the limit. And if I tried to like retouch her arm or something, she wouldn't like that. If I got that kind of sense... I'm, I'm not gonna push it. Yeah. And, uh, and I might, I'm like, depending on the situation, I might bring it up and and just so I can clarify my own sense of confusion and say something like, I am getting the sense that there's enjoyment here, but that there's also resistance. Can you like confirm that for me? You don't have to like defend your boundaries or explain them or anything. I just want to like, no. Um, and, uh, and so I might do something like that as needed, but, um, but I, Something I've been uh, very committed to is not having people qualify their boundaries. Um, but uh, like, I don't. I only want to make out with you. I don't want to have sex with you. That it's not like, well, why? Like, yeah. so it's just like I accept. Yeah. Like, no, it doesn't let's mean just, convince me. Let's just make out. No sex. I got it. I heard you. No worries. Totally. Don't need to know more. Yeah. Understood. And like, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, anyone who's not fulfilled by cuddling alone, I don't trust. Them. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, as far as that, that like the, then I can think of another person to juxtapose the being led on who, uh, she and I were like deeply committed to each other and was always upfront about, um, she, her going to need monogamy that she could never be long-term fulfilled by the relationship that I could give her. And she would keep me posted. We were on and off again for years but she would always keep me posted like, Hey, like I'm coming to that off again place. It's, it's going to happen. I'm giving you the heads up. And because she wanted monogamy and you couldn't provide that. Yeah. And, and I mean the the, to simplify it. Yes. There was other things going on, but that was a big part of it. Um, but because she always gave me that heads up, it was something that we went through together. We faced that cliff together. We, you know, to the degree that we could do that together while we were parting ways. Whereas the, the being let on instance, it, uh, it was much more just flat out a betrayal. And she it felt like, wasn't telling you how she felt. Yeah. Okay. And, it, and it, then it became something she did to me. Rather so she than was kind of hiding, for example, like I'm not ready or I'm not feeling it as much, or I'm needing monogamy and you can't provide it or whatever it was that was going on on her side. She wasn't telling you any of those things. They, I mean, there were, there were ways that she was subcommunicating it that I was trying to talk to her about that, like, but we were both not doing that well. What does um, subcommunicating mean? Like she was distancing herself? Yeah. Stuff like that. Great. Um, yeah. And there was even a time I can think of now where she was trying to say it in words, but didn't, was not clear on what she meant by those words. And I was not clear then on what she meant by those words because of her own confusion. Um, and then that, just created more mess. And I, looking back now, uh, you know, I can only confirm this so much without her, but it, it feels to me like 
uh, the like a, the second half of the relationship was just something she was tolerating mm. because she didn't want to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so we're going to start to wrap up. Um, I would love to hear from you guys in terms of moments, conversations, or interactions where you feel like you were really clean with your energy and you did take responsibility and you kind of feel like proud of like, yeah, I'm proud of how I handled that. I feel like that was brave or the way that I want to be as a man. Like this, this felt like a moment of integrity and handling this the best I can and being clear. Kind of going back to what someone was speaking on earlier, how they said they wanted to someone to react poorly or, you know, kind of pull themselves away. So it, it felt like, you know, it wasn't their fault that they were leading on. There was a reason that things weren't going to work. I can't remember who, you know, necessarily spoke on that um, at the beginning, but there's been times when I knew I couldn't commit to a relationship and things came to a point and I was just upfront and honest about things. And, you know, I feel like people respond well to that. It's just, it's really hard to tell someone no when you care about them. Um, so there's been times before when, you know, I was upfront and honest about, you know, how I felt about them. And this is only what I'm able to commit to right now. And it was tough at the time because I hate telling people no, um, you know, because I always feel like that reflects badly on me. But at the end of the day, you know, that's probably best what's, or what's best for the relationship for both people. Um, so that's kind of when I walk away feeling better is when I'm able to be completely honest, even though I know it's probably not going to make that person feel ideal at the moment. And did you find when you did that, that the connection lasted, like they, they were able to stay in it with you and there was more respect or connection on the other side? Absolutely. Um, you know, cause when it's like that slow taper thing, then, you know, it's really hard to be just friends or maintain the relationship that you had before things got serious. Um, but if you are upfront and honest, it's really hard, you know, for someone to not understand that if you kind of explain what you're going through in the feelings. Uh, so it's easier to maintain a relationship after and, you know, keep a positive vibe going versus kind of just slowly tapering out or just ending everything. Awesome. Thank you. Jeffrey? Yeah. Um, yeah, the biggest thing that comes up for me right now is just there's a woman that I was, you know, I met and, you know, you were there and and I met and uh, was really, really attracted to and, and wanted to connect. And but there was like a, a, you know, a timeline where she was leaving. Right. And so I said, like, hey, here's the deal. I'm not wanting to, you know, connect to be sexual with multiple people. I'm not really wanting that of of of, of the person I'm connecting with as well. This was, a, this was a woman that was moving away in a few months. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so I ended up saying, hey, here's a container that I want to create. I'm proposing. It's just you and me. We're sexually monogamous and we obviously also hang out and have fun and connect, but it's like within this container, this bubble that we're co-creating together, that's just you and me. And I kind of laid it out on the table pretty early on within the first like two weeks or so as a way of just really owning my desire and like letting her be a yes or a no to it. Um, more for my own kind of, you know, desire to, to not have, you know, be burned and be kind of ride my own waves of jealousy and all that kind of stuff. But um, and it worked really well. And she said, yes. And that had its own other, other story. But, um, but for that least piece, I felt very, very, very confident and very proud of myself for just saying, Hey, this is what I want. And, and I say that, you know, with, with my clients and stuff, it's like, just really just ask for what you want very clearly and openly and, and leaning back after you express it and see what they say. Right. Um, Here's what I would love. Where are you at? 
What would you like? Yeah. Are and you maybe available for that? Yeah. And maybe there's something else that you could counter-propose with or co-create with me that, oh, this doesn't feel good, but this part feels good. And like, oh, I never thought of that. That sounds great. You know, and versus I think what the theme of this call is around is, or this podcast is around the dangers that happen when you just kind of assume or you just kind of lean back or omit things or assume things. It's just really. Or just float along. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. So that was my experience. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. In, in terms of like, I can definitely think of ways I've shown up uh, with my limitations with regard to like being upfront about being poly and being upfront about like I'm traveling through. So I, this is only so much that I can commit to. And uh, you know, there are ways I think like people have ideas of how limiting that can be that I think are actually not as limiting as their thoughts might be around being poly and traveling. But I'm, I also uh, trust their sense of boundaries and resistance. So I don't want to push on that, uh, uh, too much personally and in the abstract world, I can have those conversations with them, but I don't, I don't want to push on on them, but I, I'm having a hard time thinking of a time when I've been upfront about like just ambivalent attraction. Um, Well, it doesn't have to be that. I mean, it can be any time that you felt like, yeah, like I did, I did that. Well, I feel proud of how I showed up with her. I feel like I, you know, took care of me and took care of her in this dating context. Yeah. Rather than just like the kind of like, uh, that didn't really feel so good. I don't really nah, like squirrely sense in our stomachs of like, nah, there wasn't something totally great there. Yeah, I do. I definitely have those too. But in, in thinking of the ways I've led on, which have been around that ambivalent attraction. Now I'm thinking that that's a sticking point for me that I want to, to reflect on. I can think of times when I have owned it enough that I prevented the worst versions of it from happening, even if it wasn't super clean. And that I'm, I'm glad about. Um, Do you have an example? Yeah. So an example be, would be meeting someone off of online dating and uh, we, we have a nice night and uh, I, I feel like really good engaging with them. And there's a, like, there's a part of me that's attracted, but more the energy for me feels like, good banter friendship Uh and uh there was a time when we were kissing um kind of trying it out riding the wave and and then I then I named it I said that that's what was coming up for me you said hey I'm noticing I'm feeling a little ambivalent about this connection or what what did you actually say um what did I the the words that I actually said were something like I can feel that you're more uh in this than I am, but I, I do like you and feel like a, a good sense of like wanting to be friends with you. But I'm, that's, that's coming up for me is that I recognize you're more in this than I am. Um, and that felt really good. And we ended up, uh, talking after that and things, uh, ebbed since then. But, um, but like, I think we still have good, um, positive regard for each other. Yeah. What I appreciate about that is the sort of the sense of like, Hey, I'm noticing something <clears throat> like I'm noticing that I feel like you're more in this than I am. And an offering I would make to listeners is 
you can use language like, I want to make sure that you're taken care of here. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that you are taken care of. And I'm noticing that it feels like the energy isn't the same on my side. And I want to make sure that you're taken care of. So let's, let's talk about this. And I will add, I think there's a way that because our culture is one of, um, of, of judgment that a lot of times we have a hard time finding, uh, language of responsibility. Like there are ways that, uh, can be, I can say something like, uh, I see you're more in this than I am, or I'm ambivalent about my attraction, or like, these are the feelings that are coming up with me and taking the personal responsibility. But a lot of time, because we don't have that language, we only have the language of judgment. Like we find ourselves not wanting to say for justifiable reasons, things like, uh, well, you're more clingy. You're too clingy for me. Right. Like, because that's a not that's a very unpleasant thing to hear. But like the the way we experience our discomfort is that language. Yeah. Right. So that's a good sort of hint of like the language that we use. It works best when it's about us. So, mm-hmm. hey, I'm noticing something coming up for me. I'm feeling a little off here and I just want to present something like I'm noticing. I feel like maybe you're more attracted to me than I am to you. And I want to make sure that you're taken care of here. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this because I don't want to lead you on. Like, I think we can say it, right? Like there's a way that we can actually name this pattern and be, be clear about like, here's what I don't want. I don't want to lead you on. I want to be clear. I want to be transparent. I want us to be able to share with each other. I want to make it safe for us to share. We can use all of this language. That's not just, Oh my God, I, I don't know what to do. Like, like sort of like, cause I think you're right. A lot of times, especially men are like, I don't even know how I would say that in a way that wouldn't be hurtful mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. I think for some of those instances, it's often a split in the types of attraction. Uh, like the, they're either the emotional attraction is there, but not the physical or the physical, but not the emotional. And like for most toxic masculinity ingrained men the way we experience that is uh you're hot but boring or you're really fun but not hot and uh like i uh hate that language but that is the way that men experience because that's the language that we've been taught and we know that that is an awful thing to say to someone and that's why we don't want to say it. And that's why we need to learn language of responsibility of, of feelings and needs of ourselves. Yes. Beautifully said. So I think we could do a whole other hour on this, but we're going to need to wrap this episode. Um, Jeffrey or Tommy, do you have any other burning shares, especially with respect to that last part before we end? I mean, the only thing that, that comes up for me is, is you guys touched on it, but the way that I kind of phrase it is always, uh, you know, context before the content. And so, especially during like difficult things for me, it's always been a reminder for me to share, why am I sharing this or share the emotions underneath the specific words? So like the fear or the anxiety what does or, that sound or like, like in actual words. Like, well, similar to what you just said earlier around, like, I, I really want you to feel safe and I want you to feel heard and understood. And I want to also get, and that's kind of like the context, like why I'm sharing this. And then I'm going to share the idea that um, I'm curious if, you know, you've, you, maybe you feel more attracted to me than I am toward you or something like that. Or I feel that you're wanting a relationship and I'm, I'm not, you know, um, as yeah. a way of kind of 
enveloping or having a landing pad for what could potentially be more a, a difficult conversation, but at least you're you're sharing the why and you're kind of offering a container for that conversation to have to take place. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Tommy? No, I think I'm good. I think we covered everything. Cool. I'm feeling called to do some kind of other episode about this, right? Like phrasing language, you know, mm. have it feel really yeah. good and easy to do these conversations. Cause I do think that there's a lot of pain and heartache and heartbreak that happens when we're not having these conversations that is unnecessary. That doesn't need to be, be like that. And, um, yeah. So thank you guys. Thank you for being here and for sharing so openly about this. I really, really, really appreciate it. And, um, I will drop, uh, Jeffrey, you're a coach and Pierce, you're a speaker. So I'll drop your info in the show notes. Um, and we will catch you on the next episode. That wraps up another episode of Dear Men. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Men Podcast. That's at Dear Men Podcast. Or Facebook, we have a group, Dear Men Podcast. We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day.